Sales scripts abound in the coaching, consulting, and service space. Problem is, with most of them, no matter how full of light and love that you are, hashtag positive vibes only, they're manipulative. Yes, I don't care if you are like divine feminine goddess and, and all this other stuff. It's still manipulative. You are attached to the outcome because your scripts are centered around getting a yes. So let's pick apart the pressure cooker sales script, shall we? Let's get into it. Welcome to the Critically Conscious Coach, where coaches and consultants know the importance of deeply connecting with prospects, showing up in an authentic and joyful way, and inviting those people to become lifelong clients to exceed their sales goals. But most coaches are afraid to market themselves because they've been taught to use cookie cutter marketing tactics and unethical sales approaches. When in reality, your prospect just wants a real emotional connection and amazing results. Therefore, get ready to unlearn and market yourself authentically through asking insightful questions, making better business decisions, practicing self-acceptance, and doing sales the right way. Hey there, welcome to another episode on the Critically Conscious Coach. Today we are talking about something that I call the pressure cooker sales script. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo and the podcast. I am the founder and host of the podcast, The Critically Conscious Coach, formerly known as the Defiant Business Podcast. And what we focus on is business advocacy, client advocacy for those businesses who hire coaches, consultants, and service providers, as well as business ethics for those same business professionals, the coaches, consultants, and service providers. And before we get into tearing apart the pressure cooker sales script, what I call the pressure cooker sales script, I want to get honest with you for a little second here. Uh, there's an E on this podcast for explicit, and today is going to be one of those days where that E is going to be like well-earned. I feel like shit today, just like emotionally, mentally. There have been some things I have been struggling and going through over here on this end, and I'm already late recording this podcast. So uh, public apology to Krissa and a very serious thank you for putting up with my bullshit. Um, but I am late. I am late recording this. And But today was just not the day, and I am not the one, but this episode still needs to get recorded, and I did not want to. It was very tempting to message Krissa because she's way too fucking nice. I said it. and <laughs> She's way too nice. And it was very tempting to be like, look, I am not in it to win it today. I am in it to survive. I am in it to just make it through the day. And I don't know if I can record this, but I know the type of people who listen to my podcast and they would be the type of people if they listen to my podcast and they listen to it more than once and they don't decide that I'm full of shit and they don't like me, that that would be okay, that it would be okay for me to show up that way and share what it is I want to share. And, you know, for me, radical authenticity, right? Again, it's another example of, you know what? I can show up the way that I can show up because the way the brand that I have built, the persona that I present is in fact not a persona. It is just me. And what that means is that I am not always perfectly happy. I am rarely perfectly happy, but I am, you know, I'm not always high energy. I'm not always positive vibes. And if you've listened to this podcast for more than, you know, two episodes, you'll know that it's not just hashtag good vibes only here. 
And that's not the type of community that I want to create. So today is a day where I do not feel like doing shit all, but I am here going to record this to let you know that, you know what, it's okay to feel that way. And when you create a space or a community and you associate yourself with people who accept humans and not just personas, then, you know, however it is you feel like you can show up that day is good enough. So that's me. That's honest. That's raw and real. So here we are. So on to what I wanted to address today. This isn't the first time that I have talked about the pressure cooker sales script. This isn't the first time I've called it the pressure cooker sales script. Uh, You know, I've called it the manipulative sales process, the bro marketer sales process, and it certainly won't be the last. But why do I call it that? Why do I call it the pressure cooker sales script? You might be wondering. Well, I didn't use a pressure cooker. My husband and I were both veterans and we deployed to Afghanistan and pressure cooker IEDs, uh, improvised explosive devices, were popular. Not, Not a good thing, right? They were incredibly dangerous and... You know, so my husband and I, we had this thing about using pressure cookers for a long time. We just were just like, oh, that feels weird. But then we got a pressure cooker. We got one. And it was amazing, right? Because using my pressure cooker, I can cook a lot of things perfectly. Frozen chicken thighs. They can go from frozen to delicious, right, in my pressure cooker. So I don't have to always be like, oh, why did I forget to defrost the chicken? Jasmine rice. OMG, it is tempting to get a third pressure cooker just so I can just devote it to rice because I love to eat rice. And uh, hard boiled eggs, even soft boiled eggs come out perfectly in my pressure cooker and they can come out perfectly in your pressure cooker if you figure out the timing on them. But seriously, it's like two minutes for soft boiled eggs and like three or four minutes for hard boiled eggs. It's amazing. And you have these delicious deviled eggs or whatever it is you want to do with them. So I call it the pressure cooker sales script because in my head, it's like you put somebody through this process, right? You put them in the pressure cooker sales script and ding, they come out perfectly. So that's that's why I call it that because it's also high pressure though. It's a, it's a high pressure uh, environment that's meant to produce a particular type of result. And this script and its many different versions of it are meant to get you, get you in air quotes, more yeses. And in fact, these scripts, when used ruthlessly, will get you more yeses. Yeah, that's right. If you use this script and you are ruthless with it, you will get more yeses. You'll even get yeses that you don't want. Wait, what? Yeses you don't want? What the fuck? Yeah, sure. This script will have some terrible fits saying yes and throwing money at you that they shouldn't. How do I know? Well, I did it. (laughs) I did it twice. So there we are. Let's go ahead and take a look at the script. So some of the top problems already present here in the script is that it's meant to position you over your prospect. And I have talked about this before, but Remember, this relationship that you're looking to establish is more peer-to-peer. If you're at all like me, you strive to work with amazing people who are experts at what they do. And they are coming to you because they believe that you are an expert at what you do. So that means that you are not over them. You are not superior to them. So the script that I was taught has like, 12 parts to it. Yes, 12 parts. And it includes like things that you shouldn't ever say, the script that's got 12 parts, using silence as a weapon. And then uh, they also instruct you not to send proposals anymore. 
Um, I don't, I mean, by the time we, like, I have things pretty well laid out, so I may not necessarily send a proposal. It's more like a proposal slash contract agreement. So that's usually like you see the proposal, you sign it, but I'm only sending you the proposal because you've already agreed to the price point and, and what it is that we'll be working on. So this script walks you through everything, right? So-called. So they also start out with some rules, right? So you got to record the call. You got to have a pen and paper in front of you. You got to turn everything to do not disturb. And then they even tell you that this is so ironic. They tell you to release all attachments to the sale and to or to a yes, right? Like if you need the sale, you will not get it, which is interesting because especially with this company, but a bunch of other companies sell to people who need every single sale. So to tell you, you know, to release your attachments or don't like if you need the sale, you will not get it is fucked up because it automatically puts you in a context where you're saying, I'm releasing the attachment. I'm releasing the attachment. But you don't believe it. You don't believe it because you're like, well, fuck, I got bills to pay. I do need the sale. Like, so, so either you're like, I can't say that because I don't believe it, or you're saying it and you don't believe it, which cause, uh, you know, a cognitive dissonance, right? So later when you're struggling, you're like, I'm not making any sales. And they're like, well, did you release the attachment? And you're like, well, no, because I really did feel like I need to sell. And then that's what they'll point to. They'll be like, oh, see, because you didn't release the attachment, but you are a human being knowing that you got human being needs. So how the fuck were you supposed to release the attachment? And this is on contextual awareness. What is your context? Understanding your context. And that is part of the critically conscious framework as well using your emotional intelligence, your self-awareness, as well as your understanding of your own circumstances to understand your context. Because depending on the context that you are in, you will operate by different rules. You will operate and have different desires, wants, and needs. If all of your wants and needs are provided for, i.e. you are flush with cash and you get on a sales call, that's a completely different context than we are in the hole. We have been in the hole. I have coaching and consulting payments due but I'm supposed to say I don't need the sale. So, okay, I digressed, obviously, a lot on that. <laughs> but this is the thing. There are some things that are present here when we talk about, so speaking of contextual awareness, one of the things that these scripts rely on is that they say price is contextual and must be anchored to the cost of missed opportunity because price doesn't make sense in isolation. So do not quote a price until you fully understand the problem. That's funny. So the thing is, is that, Price is contextual, but it's contextual on an individual basis. So if I put my prices on my website, right? And this is the thing is I tell you, don't put your price on your website. This is price shoppers and blah, blah, blah. But people are allowed to price shop. And if you put price over everything else, I am not the cheapest person out there. But by the time somebody gets to my landing page, if they've listened to the podcast and all this other stuff, and I say prices on the podcast, right? Like my business ethics consultation call is $100 for 60 minutes. That's that's what it is. Right. But would you still want like, would you like, oh, I don't know if I want to schedule this call, but you don't know what the price is, knowing the price and knowing that you can afford it. OK, cool. But, you know, these people, this script is meant to talk you out of money that you are like, oh, what's afford? They say if somebody really wants something, they'll find the money. Right. Those I've talked about those things before. Your clients should not be finding money. You should be either in their budget or you're not. So. You know, the first step is you open the call. This is step one of this 12-part sequence. You open the call, you chit-chat for a second, not long, because you immediately move into step two where you set the agenda. Now, the agenda setting is important in this script because this is the part where you totally are over your client. 
You tell them how this call is going to go. You are in charge, right? So this is not peer to peer. I am in charge of this call and you are going to follow along. Do not deviate from the path. Now that's not what they say, but that's what they mean, right? Like I'm going to start asking you some questions. I'm going to, ex- and if it sounds like we're a fit, then I'll explain what we do and, and what it costs and everything and how it works. Okay. And then you could just decide if you want to be a part of it or not. That's what they say. And then this is also the first step. Like you ask them the question and then that you are supposed to wait for an answer to go forward. This is already their beginning getting you to say yes, right? Yes, yes, not along, right? And because once you get one yes, then you move them through the script and get a bunch more yeses and understandings and all of that. So next phase, phase three, understand why they're here. So they just ask you to say, what What made you want to schedule the call? Now, again, understand that it's the context of these things all together. That's a problem. This particular question is one that I also ask in my four-part process where I'm like, hey, so what made you want to do this? Like, what was the impetus? What made you decide, okay, enough is enough and I want to make a change? That's a question I ask too. But again, I have 12 parts or four parts, not 12 parts, right? And then, you know, this is where they start to pick at you though. Like, how long have you been dealing with this? Tell me more about that. What do you mean? Like, and stuff like that. So again, those questions aren't necessarily bad if the person's not being clear, right? So then we move into step four. You have, this is where they call it the understand their business. So, you know, what are you selling? How are you pricing it? Who's your ideal customer? What problem are people facing in their business or personal life to motivate them to buy from you? So this is the trick, though, is that when you ask these questions, right, we're already on step four, but usually these sales calls are what? Allotted an hour, maybe 45 minutes. And so with 12 different parts, how are people supposed to answer all of these questions, right? As well as ask you some of their own questions, because that's the other thing the script doesn't really leave a lot of room for is the person asking you questions, right? To interview you, because any coach, consultant, or service provider you're looking to hire, you should also be interviewing them and you shouldn't have to schedule a whole nother call in order to do so. I say it every time, but I hate to interrupt, but quick question for you. Have you been struggling to define your ethical responsibilities as a coach, consultant, or service provider? Maybe you've been wrestling with what's ethical and what's not as you make business decisions. Well, I can't tell you what your ethics are, but I can help you create an environment to distill those answers for yourself. Using the critically conscious framework, during a 60-minute consultation call, we can either examine ethics for your business as a whole, or we can take on one specific area and dive deeply into it. This consultation call is just $100, and you can schedule it at defythestatusquo.com forward slash services or DM me to learn more. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. What was I talking about again? Right. Now, here's where things get tricky. It's in part five because you're supposed to actually pick at their pain in this section, right? So this is where we start to ask questions like to to pick it apart. So let's say you're like, oh, you know, Ruthie, I wanted to talk to you because I'm really struggling with my marketing and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I'm not consistent. And I know that that's what's costing me uh, momentum online. And so then I start to ask you questions like, okay, so do you have a process for that? Like, do you have a process to help you be consistent? And you're like, oh, no, I'm not. I don't have a process. And I was like, oh, okay. So so let's say what would be a normal process for you? Like when you're feeling good, what does that process look like? Oh, okay. When you're feeling bad, oh, it's the first thing that you lose. Oh, okay. So it sounds then that you're not comfortable relying on this, you know, for your marketing. Yeah, okay. And then how much per month are you making with your business right now? 
oh, okay, that much. Oh, okay. And I can see, yeah, you're totally losing. Um, you're losing because of, you know, whatever, your lack of consistency. So this is where I start to pick at you, right? Because I am picking at your pain to elucidate more, um, more emotions. So this is where the emotional, an- emotional anchoring begins, right? And so this is where we're kind of feeling the pain a little bit, right? Like you're feeling it. I'm asking you those questions. But then we shift it to the positives. This is where the hope dope comes in. And so I, this is where we shift to your goals. Okay, so what do you want in the next 12 months? Okay, and, and what would you like your marketing to look like? Right, I say marketing because that's where some of my background is. And then I'll ask you, okay, so what's driving this goal to get to this much money? Let's say 15K a month. What's driving this goal? Uh-huh, uh-huh. What would you be able to do differently in your business? Right, so now we're starting to do the positive things. What would you be able to do differently in your business if you reach that? And I want you to get specific, right? So I'm going to keep asking these questions until you get real specific. I'll ask you too, how would this impact other areas of your life? And this is the part where, you know, you tell me about your kids. Or in my case, I mentioned my husband when I was asked these questions. You know, it would be wonderful if I was at 15K a month, my husband can go part time. He has a lot of chronic illnesses and, you know, it hurts me to watch him struggle, right? It hurts me to watch him struggle day in and day out. And I know that working full time is not good for him, right? And so now they've got that, right? And they're going to use this against me later if I have any objections, right? And so that's, that's part six. Then we move into part seven. And this is where we kind of go back into the pain a little bit because I'm like, okay, so you want your, you want your social media to grow. You want your marketing to be generating, you know, 20 leads a month, 50 leads a month, whatever. And you're currently generating five or, you know, you said you want to get to 15K a month, but you're making less than 5K a month. What is getting in the way of you doing this on your own, right? So I'm reminding you that you're already not succeeding here, which again, you know, you knew that, which is why you scheduled the call. And then I might say, uh, okay, what is holding you back from achieving that, right? So that's like two versions of the same question. So they tell you here in the script, right, that your goal is you want to hear a few different things. One, they can't do it by themselves. They want to do it faster or they want somebody to hold their hand. They want a proven system X, Y, Z. So here's the problem with that. We already know. We already know, like, they probably can't do it on their own. They may want to do it faster. Everybody wants to do it faster. Wants a proven system or wants to be handheld. Now, if you are actually selling true handholding, i.e. you're going to do it with them every step of the way, that's one thing. Most people are not because they got these group coaching programs. The problem with a proven system is that all businesses are so different, especially in the online service space. There are certain things, right? Like, so I can give you a process and it's simple, but it doesn't mean that it's not hard. But they sell simple as if it's easy. And this is something that people conflate all the time. Something being simple does not make it easy. It is simple for me to understand that when I eat cleanly, right? And by cleanly, I mean like I'm, I'm not eating a lot of processed foods. When I eat high protein, healthy carbs, lots of vegetables, when I exercise, when I drink somewhere between three quarters and a gallon of water every day, and I lift weights and my exercise is lifting weights and doing some cardio, I lose weight. That doesn't make it easy to do every single day as a mom of four children and goats and business and podcasts and all this other stuff. That doesn't make it easy. It's just simple. I know how to do it. I have done it. Do I miss looking at my six pack? Yes. Yes, I do. But there's other shit going on right now. So six packs got to have to wait. So 
this is, again, another space where they start to pick at the pain. So, you know, they kind of circle back and they'll say, okay, so, you know, I might say if I was doing this. Okay, so like, so you said you want to get to like 50 leads from your marketing every month in the next 12 months and you're only at five. So, you know, why not just stay where you are? That sounds like a dumb question. Uh, that's not what I would say. But it does. It sounds like a Why not just stay where you are? Well, because I already told you I wanted to make more money. So, but yeah, but they ask that question, like, why not just stay where you are? And this is where we start to circle back to some of the things that you said, right? And and then the all important question, when are you wanting to fix this? Because this is where we, this is where we establish the fact that you want to fix it right now. Because when you raise objections later, because that's where this stuff gets really fucked up, is when you raise objections later, I'll be like, oh, but you said you wanted to fix it right now, not in a couple of months. So, right. The next one is step eight. And this is where things change. This is where I tell you what it is that we do. Right. And I tell you, blah, blah, blah. This is all the things that we do. And this is my area of expertise. These are the people that we work with. And that's where we move into step nine. Step 10 is telling people what you do. And you want to, and the, the goal is to get this to be very concise. You want it to be nice and concise. You say, you make it sound simple. Again, you make it sound simple, allowing your client, your prospect to conflate simple with easy because it's not, but you allow them to conflate it that way. And that's a, a bias, right? A cognitive bias. You allow them to make that assumption and you do not correct it, even though you should. And then step 11 is to shut your face. You just sit there and be quiet. This is the weaponizing silence part. You just be quiet. Now, being quiet, so this is weaponizing silence. Is that's different than than you allowing your client an opportunity to think. You'll find that people will talk to themselves, right? You'll find that people will talk to themselves, ask questions, all this other stuff. But what you're doing is you're withholding the thing they really want to know. And when I tried, tried using this script, that would be what always came out. Well, okay, so how much does it cost though? Right? That's what people, that's what people ask. So you you're supposed to make them ask you for the price, right? So again, it's you over them. You've got this information and they want it. So you you tell them the price and then you be quiet. And so an ideal prospect will be somebody who basically wants to move forward right then. It's also important, like you tell them what it costs and then they'll ask you, okay, so what do we do next then? And then you say, we can get started right now. And then you wait and then you make them ask, okay, how do we get started? And then you take their payment, right? And so then you start to get into objections potentially if somebody's like, you say the price and they're like, oh, that's too much. And this is where you start to pick at them worse. So I find the objections. When you reach an objection in this call, that's where things get really, really unethical um, because this is when they really start to use everything you said during the rest of the call against you, right? So, you know, you start to try to pin them down to schedule another call if you feel like they're going to try to just try and get off the phone right? So maybe the person says, okay, I don't have any money. And they'll say, and this is where this is where they really start to pull out the stops, right? Let me ask you, are you sure this is something you really want to do? Uh, because if it's not a good fit, that's okay. But really, when you say that, you're not actually saying that it's okay. You're making that person feel like they don't actually want to change. But that is how you're making them feel like they don't want to change. Like if they literally don't have any money, you shouldn't have been on the phone with them in the first place. Like as soon as you found out how much money they were making, and that's another reason, that's another way you know that this script is not actually set up for people who don't have an attachment to the call. Because part of your ideal client persona, your profile, right? How you understand your people is knowing how much money they should be making before they work with you. Unless you literally have services for all budgets, 
i.e. you are not charging everybody the same price no matter what they make and you can scale it up and down depending on services, you should know. Like, So if, if I'm working with people and I know that they should be making $6,000 a month at least before they hire me for whatever program I have, and you tell me that you're making three k a month, then I should say, hey, okay, actually based on that, I don't know if financially this would be a good move for you right now. Do you have other sources of capital? Because if not, then this financially would be incredibly risky for your business and probably not the move you need to be making right now. That is what an ethical person does, truly. You let them know that you're concerned. And then maybe they're like, oh, you know what? Actually, I do. I have an investor. And so even though we're at 3K a month right now, this is what, you know, we've, we've got a, a large sum of capital, right? A lump sum of capital that we're able to use. And we do, in fact, have a budget for this. So, you know, if, if it sounds right and the price is right, then we have a budget for this and this is fine. Then your concerns are alleviated and you may proceed. But as soon as you find out that this person actually doesn't have the money and that it's not a good financial fit, then you should not continue this process. You should have a different process, probably. But again, that's my point, though, is that's how you know that this script is meant to, quote unquote, get yeses. It's not meant for somebody who's not attached to the outcome because the goal is to get a yes. The goal is to get yeses that you may not even want, remember? So and then when they, they tell you, you don't have any money, you're like, well, how can we make this work? Bitch, I just told you I don't have any money. So it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I don't have it. Right. Or they tell you, I can't afford that. And this is where we go back to. And I see it in the groups all the time. People who really want something will find a way to make it happen. And this, I shared this story, I believe it was last week, in last week's episode about, or no, maybe two weeks ago, when we talked about how critically conscious can apply to your business. What does it look like to have a critically conscious business? And somebody had, you know, called me to talk about a sales experience that they had. And they told me that this, this salesperson was willing to take their bill money, where they were like, oh, no, you'll totally make your money back. You have to make your investment back so you don't have to worry about that. They were ready to take this person's bill money. And that is always a concern. We're not even talking revenue. They were ready to take her bill money. They should be ashamed. They should be ashamed. Not to mention making that outlandish claim that she would definitely make her investment back. But a lot of the questions involve putting it back on you. So how can we make this a reality for you? Let's problem solve. When again, like it's not, it's not necessarily a good fit. You tell them, I need to think it over. I need to meditate on it. I need to journal. And they're like, okay, yeah, absolutely. But can I ask you, you know, I, I set up these calls so that way you can ask any questions that you need to ask. So can, you know, what do you still need to go over? That's the thing is they want you to make a snap judgment because this is supposed to be a no brainer, but I want you to use your brain. So I want you to take time to think about it. And you're not going to be able to think of all the things and have all the ideas come to you. If we're sitting here and I'm right here in your face, you need some time to decompress. But that's the goal of this Script is not to give you any time to decompress at all and to push you to make a snap judgment. That's the goal. And some of the things they'll ask too is where you're like, oh, I don't think I can afford that. And then they circle back and they'll ask you, oh, okay, yeah. Well, so how are you going to do this on your own then? Right. And so we just kind of circle back and, oh, I thought, you know, I thought you said that it was really important that you, you know, help your husband go to part time. Remember, that was the thing that I said that was real for me. You, you want to go part-time, don't you? Or you want him to be able to go part-time. I thought that was a priority for you. Well, it is, I say. That is a priority for me. Okay, so, so how are we going to make this happen then? Because the dichotomy that's presented here is that either you succeed and move forward with them, right? You move forward with them and succeed, or you continue doing whatever it is you're doing and failing. 
but they don't actually know that. But when they ask you questions like this, as if there's only two answers, you move forward with them and succeed, or you don't and you fail, they're presenting you with the black and white logical fallacy because that's actually not the case. Maybe you don't move forward with them, but you find somebody who's actually within your budget and you move forward with them and you succeed. Maybe you pause, switch gears, and try a different approach because you've been reading, listening to podcasts, and you're trying different approaches. Maybe you test a different offer. Maybe you change your sales process. Maybe you get on a different social media platform and see great success. There are an innumerable amount of possibilities, not just two, but this sales script relies on the black and white logical fallacy. And so they are trying to get you to make a snap judgment, a yes or a no, but that's not necessarily the case. One of the worst ones, I think, where you're like, you know what, right now is not a really a good time for me to make this type of investment, right? A lot of these programs require a shit ton of time and a lot of money without considering what it is you may or may not already have going on. Let's say you've got somebody in the hospital. You, like, you could have all types of stuff, right? They will ask you, well, when is it a good time to move your business forward? When is it a good time to make those things happen? You said you wanted your husband to go part-time. When will it be a good time to help him do that? Do you, see, do you see how ick that feels? Like, why isn't it a good time? Well, I've just, you know, I've told you before, like, this is why maybe it's not a good time for me to make this type of investment. Not to, you know, discount the fact that it's a concern. Like, it's, it's a financial risk, right? And that's where we get into trouble with pitching people who don't have capital, pitching people who don't have the revenue for these services. So if you have a program, I'd encourage you to use our coaching and consulting investment program calculator. So you can tweak some of the different input factors, but see, okay, for the price that I am charging, my clients should be making X amount of dollars. It's not ironclad, but it gives you some numbers to play around with and to look at how you're pricing your services and the people that you're targeting. Because you wouldn't need a 12-step process on a sales call, a 12-step sales process in order to sell to people if you were selling to people who had money. If you were selling to people, you didn't need to talk out of their dollars. But that's why I call it a pressure cooker sell script, because by the time you get all the way through it, the person may not know up from down and they may not know left from right, but you've presented them with these two processes and you've got them very emotionally anchored and kind of stirred up some of their other negative emotions. They may have FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. And you told them you're going to make back your investment you know, how can we make this a possibility for you? Oh, yeah, like you came across as somebody who's really decisive, but, you know, maybe I was wrong, like reverse psychology, like that's what's taking place here. Neurolinguistic uh, neuro programming, feeding people back the things that they said that they wanted, but you're not doing it in such a way that leaves room for critical thinking. You're not doing it in such a way that leaves room for analysis and thought and care. I do not want you to rush into a decision to work with me. I want you to take some time to think about it. And this process doesn't allow time for that. Not to mention, again, these calls are usually booked for like 45 minutes, 60 minutes. Where did I leave any room for you to interview me and to ask me questions that you had to really share with me outside of this very rigid approach? That's why I got like four questions that I asked because it leaves us a lot of room and time. So that's a kind of rough example of the script that I was taught, the script that floats around. The scripts that you may have learned might have had eight parts, 10 parts, nine parts, 15 parts. I don't know, but it's way too many parts. I got four, four parts, right? And that's all I need. 
um, because I have a few basic questions that I want to ask. But the thing is, is if you listen to the podcast, if you check out the website, if you look at social media, you probably are able to gather the information that you need to gather about me and the things that I do. So I don't have to spend 12,000 years on the phone with you, but I do want to talk to you, get to know you a little bit as an individual. And then we can look at, you know, how to move forward if that's with me or not. And that's really the goal. I have released attachment <laughs> and it's very, it's very liberating. It's very exciting. So that is today's episode, the pressure cooker sales script. I finally have an episode that I can point to and be like, hey, you want to hear about this pressure cooker sales script? Listen to that episode. That was a big reason we, I made this one is because I've talked about it in bits and pieces in other episodes, but it's hard to remember with over, like I think we're at like 260 episodes. With 260 episodes, it's hard to remember sometimes exactly what it is that I'm pointing to. Uh, but I think it was episode this one, maybe. So now we've definitely got one, the pressure cooker sales script. Here it is. That's what it is. Please let me know if you have any questions. Thank you so much for joining me. It would be fantastic if you could share this because that is one of the biggest ways that podcasts get new audience members, new listeners. And be sure to DM me if you've got any questions. If you've got any questions you want to work through about a sales script that you're using, you can schedule a business ethics consultation at defythestatusquo.com forward slash services. There are all types of logical fallacies and cognitive biases in these scripts that you may not be aware of, and they shouldn't be present. If you want to start your relationship with your clients off on the right foot, hope to talk to you soon.